0: Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Thank you, Pastor Joe. I think I'll hire him as my PR manager. What a beautiful introduction. Thank you. It's so great to be back Uh Big thank you, pastors Joe and Lena, for invitation for having me back. Give me a wave if you have never heard me before. Give me a wave, yeah. A lot of you. Lovely to meet you. Because um, I know that. Because I can feel some of you like checking me out. It's a bit like being on a first date, isn't it? You're like, mm, who is hmm, she? Listen, bottom line, your pastors love me, so should you. That's it. End of story. Finita la musica. Okay, we get with the program. Yeah. Uh, some of you up there, hello, lovely to meet you. Uh, so I used to live in Adelaide actually. I'm a Perth girl originally. For those of you who don't know me, quick intro, Perth born and bred. You can take the girl out of Perth, can't take Perth out of the girl. All my family still live there. I'm the black sheep of the family that moved to the eastern states, as we say in Western Australia. Some of you nodding, know what I'm talking about. Uh, I I've lived in Queensland, I lived in Adelaide from 1998 to 2009, lived in Happy Valley where we were all very happy, (laughs) went to, was a part of Edge Church over there in Ranella and uh, I was a bit late bloomer, didn't get married till my early 40s. Uh, to a tall, dark, and handsome angelic visitation called Damien. So you'll be hearing more about him during the message because this message kind of revolves around him. The gospel according to St. Damien. No, only joking, don't worry. No, no, oh, no, no heresy, no, all good, just a joke. Um, and we moved to Sydney in 2009. Uh, one of those places I used to say, nice place to visit, don't want to live there and God took us there, (laughs) but we're part of a great church, C3 Oxford Falls, under pastors Phil and Chris Pringle. So there you go, that's it in a nutshell. I really believe God wants to impart hope this morning. I believe there are some of you who are verging on the point of giving up hope. There are some of you who are believing for things of long-standing And today God wants to bring a supernatural download of hope, but perhaps not the way you know it. Perhaps he's going to cause you to rethink some things. And so before we start, I'm going to pray. Yeah, let's just right now, let's lock into God because Father, at the end of the day, we don't need to hear from a woman, we want to hear from you. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here. I thank you, Lord, for every person here this morning. I don't know everyone by name, but you do. And I don't know what everyone's going through, but you do. And I love, Lord, how you can be the voice within my voice. And, Lord, it's not even about what I say. It's what you do with what I say. And I love that you can speak to each person right where they're at, irrespective of what I say, because, Holy Spirit, you are the one speaks today. So right now we surrender this moment to you. Holy Spirit, have your way and have your say. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So in 2005, I got married. I married an architect. I thought, awesome. Ah, As a woman who had been in full-time travelling ministry for many years, Living by faith? I thought, fantastic. I'm never going to have another financial care in the world. He's going to be able to look after me. And, uh, but about five years ago, he gave up full-time work as an architect to pursue a dream. And that dream was to be a long-distance runner. Now, people say, is there money in running? No. There is no money in running. I think Usain Bolt's the only person who's made any money out of running. Uh, You do it for the love. But like any sport, it comes with the risk of injury. And in 2015, he went to Melbourne to compete in the half marathon. His best distance is probably between 10K and 21, but he still does marathons, training for one at the moment as we speak. But 2015... He competed in the Melbourne Half Marathon. At the end of that race, I didn't happen to be there, but I spoke to him on the phone. And I said, how'd you go? He said, my foot is killing me. He said, I don't know what I've done. I am in so much pain. I can hardly walk. And, uh, oh, gee, that's no good. Babe comes home from the trip goes to see his usual caregivers, goes to see the doctor, sees a physiotherapist, sees an osteopath. The osteopath was concerned that the pain in his foot was actually relayed from his back. Damien has some ongoing back challenges anyway. And so he said, look, I'm really concerned. I'm going to send you to a sports medicine specialist and you're going to have to have an MRI probably and just have a look at what's going on in your back. So he did all that and we we went to the specialist. I actually went with him that day. Now, I don't make a habit of going to doctor's appointments with my husband, but for some reason, I did this day. And the doctor announced, the specialist, the sports medicine specialist, looking at Damien's MRI of his back, said, I've got some bad news, Damien. Uh, I'm going to have to send you to a surgeon. You've got a condition called, now for anyone in the health industry, excuse my pronunciation if this is wrong, you've got a condition called spondylolisthesis. Spondylolisthesis. This is serious. Now, for those of you who don't know what it is, it's in layman's terms. It's where the vertebrae of your, of your back aren't kind of positioned where they should be. And uh, he said, the pain in your foot is actually referred from your back. I'm going to refer you to a surgeon. You're going to need spinal fusion and you can never run again. I said, excuse me? We weren't expecting this. You can never run again. We were in shock. The, uh, I remember Damien's first response was, oh, okay, I, I, I can understand if I can't ever compete again. I can still run with my mates, right? Are there any runners here today? Any of you who are into running? Yeah, there's a few of you. Like, run, Runners are born, I'm convinced. It, it's like they have this need to run. And if you take it away from him, my husband goes a bit loco, you know, he's a, he goes a bit crazy, a bit butzo. You know, he's, if, he, if he doesn't run, it's like running is his sweet spot. Running is his happy place. Running, people say to me, do you run, Vicky? I say, yeah, I run to the cafe, get a coffee, wait for him at the finish line. That's, that's, that's what I do. So Damien said, I, I, but I can, I can still run for fun, right? Specialist said, no, Damien, You're not understanding. He said, my files, my cabinets are full of files of people who did not listen to me. And now not only can they not run, they can't even walk. You can never run again. As he wrote out a referral to a surgeon, I said to him, while you're there, can you write a referral to a psychologist? Because you've just killed his dreams. (laughs) And so I was there. We, We walked out of that appointment as if a death sentence had been given. I mean, he paid such a high price to get to where he'd been. Like he'd given up his full-time, comfortable, cushy job in an architectural firm where we were guaranteed of a pay packet every day. And, And here he was being told, never. Everyone say never. I don't know what it is today that you've been told never. I don't know what it is today that you have got this idea that never, never, it will never happen. I will never do that. I will never. And... And so we both walked out like we'd been walking out of a funeral. We actually made the appointment for the back specialist, for the surgeon. But a day or two later, I had this aha moment. Just this thought came to me out of the blue. And it was this. Get a second opinion. Get a second opinion. I want to read to you a scripture from Proverbs eighteen seventeen. Who's been drinking? You've been drinking out of this, Pastor Joe? I'll I'll get it. It's holy holy water. (laughs) Whoever has been drinking out of this, pray there's no germs. It's all good. (laughs) It says in the Amplified Version, the first one, listen to this, the first one to plead his case seems right until another comes until another comes and cross-examines him. New living actually says the first to speak in court sounds right. Until another comes. I mean how I mean ain't that the truth? How many times have you been told something? How many times have you been told something about someone and you've believed that report? You've believed that person's opinion you've formed an idea, a judgment about that person and then you meet them for yourself and you think, oh, they're not as bad as what I was told. I don't know if any of you know what it is to actually form a judgment, an opinion, an idea based on the first thing that you heard. I've got news for you. You all do it. We all do it. Some of you have got ideas, even about yourself, that have been shaped on the first thing that you ever heard about yourself. Even when you were a little kid and you didn't have the maturity or the discernment to actually think about it, reconsider and form your own opinion, we all are influenced by the first thing that we hear. And the reality is we're not encouraged to seek second opinions, especially I'm having a go at the medical profession. I'd be in a lot of deep yoghurt if it wasn't for the medical profession. But the fact is, we're not encouraged in the face of an expert. I mean, this guy had been, he'd studied for years to be a specialist in this field. But I feel today God wants to encourage some of you to get a second opinion A second opinion about your situation. A second opinion about your condition. A second opinion about your financial situation. A second opinion about yourself. God has got some opinions today. God has got something to say about your situation. Have you been more moved by what somebody else has said or about what God says about what's going on? And so my husband He doesn't always listen to me, with all due respect, Damien. He doesn't always, but straight away he went, yep, we need to get a second opinion. He booked in to see another sports specialist. And that sports specialist looked at exactly the same scans that the first one looked at. Same information, looked at exactly the same pictures. He was perplexed. And his first words out of his mouth were, who gave you this doomsday report? His assessment was this: Yes, Damien, you have spondylolisthesis, but you have grade one, and I would never even consider surgery until grade three or four. He said, "Now I can do one more test. I can do one more test to see where the pain in your foot is coming from." Because he asked him this, he said, "So why aren't you running?" He said, because I've got pain in my foot. He did one more test, a simple test that the other one had not done of him just putting his chin, bending his neck, chin against his chest. He said, is your foot hurting? He said, no. He said, well, I can tell you that the pain in your foot is not referred pain from your back. Has anyone scanned your foot, Damien? Has anyone scanned your foot? No. I think we need to take a look at your foot. So he sent him for an MRI of his foot, bearing in mind the reason he wasn't running was because he had a sore foot. He took a scan of his foot, which revealed a tear, a tear in the plantar fascia, a major tendon in in the foot that forms your arch. So, Damien, this is... The bad news is you can't run for a while. The good news is this is not a career-ending injury. He came out from the first specialist with a death sentence to his dream. And this one, he came out with hope and renewed vision. All because, because he got a second opinion. Some of you here today are listening to the wrong people. You're listening to what you've been told you can't, you won't, it will never You've been told it's not possible because no one in our family's ever done that. No one in our family's ever succeeded. Oh, who do you think you are? What? Who is it that you've been listening to? My word to you today is: get a second opinion. Don't be afraid of second opinions. In Matthew sixteen, verse thirteen to seventeen, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, "Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am?" So Jesus asked the question. Who do people people say that I am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Oh, how interesting. Oh, really? Who do they say that you are? John the Baptist, Elijah, Jeremiah, one of the prophets? Wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. None of those opinions were right. I want to say right now, if they can get it wrong about Jesus, they can get it wrong about you. Here was Jesus, full, 100% pure, unadulterated Jesus. No identity complex, no identity confusion, no crisis. Knew who he was, 100% pure Jesus, nothing else. No pretense, no facade, no masks. And people still got it wrong. So what did Jesus do? He said, I don't like that opinion. He says to them, Who do you say that I am? Jesus even got a second opinion. <laughs> that right there is setting some of you free. Who do you say that I am? So when Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the Living God. Ah, bingo. Yeah, that's who I am. What would have happened if Jesus had have believed all the other opinions? I tell you what, he wouldn't have gone to the cross. That's one, that's one thing. He would not have gone to the cross. I mean, it would have been a game changer, not just for him, but, but for us. Some of you live too much according to... I'm just sensed right there. Some of you are like, yeah he would have gone to the cross anyway. You know, some of you live too much according to fatalism. This fatalistic, oh, it's going to happen anyway. It doesn't matter what I do. Nuh-uh, we're not Muslims. We don't live according to fate. We live according to faith. Faith believes and acts. Faith believes and responds. There is a a difference. And I believe today there are some of us who have a choice. We can believe the first opinion about what has been spoken over us, our potential. I want to ask you, what destiny Defining What identity shaping? What potential limiting opinion has been spoken over you? I want to ask today, what has been spoken even over the life of this church that would say that you can't? What has been said that it's not possible? What has even been spoken over you, Pastor Joe? What has been spoken over leaders here that you can't? What has been spoken over you, Lena? What has been said in times past? And I pray today for the illumination of the Holy Spirit, because I'm sensing in some areas, is this a bit of a ceiling and that ceiling is purely based on a false belief, a misbelief about what is possible because once have said you can't, you won't that's not who you are but I believe today God's breaking through the ceiling he's taking the lid off, he's opening up possibility to those who are prepared to ask the Lord for a second opinion <laughs> Amen, give the Lord a hand of praise while I have a drink <laughs> This is good exercise <laughs> Jesus asked for a second opinion. Some of us get very afraid in this space. Oh, don't we? Don't we have to? Don't we have to submit? Don't I have to do what I'm told? Don't I have to listen? You can be submissive in your heart, and still in here be asking the questions. At the end of the day, I, te- I tell you what. What would have happened if Jesus had believed the first opinion? You know, many years ago, I was told by someone in spiritual authority, you're not a prophet, you're not a builder, you're not a leader. Could go on, actually got worse, clearly having a bad day. And you're not a prophet, I thought, mate, you're nuts. I actually thought you're crazy. You are, you're nuts. Like I had already been established ministering for many years on an international level, Um. But the other ones went in. The Other ones went in. You're not a builder. You're not a leader. And for a long time, I believed it. Those words were like arrows that went into my heart. And for a long time, I believed it. Until I got a second opinion. And that second opinion just happened to come about at a dinner. And the pastor, the man of God, who's my pastor now, Phil Pringle just came up in conversation and I said, told him what I'd been told. I've been told I'm not a prophet, I'm not a builder, I'm not a leader. And his response was, what idiot told you that, Vic? (laughs) Here we have two different opinions, two different opinions. And I made the choice that day to not choose the opinion that limited me, that restricted me, that contained me. And can I be this honest? If I believed, I would not be standing here today doing what I've been called to do. Mm. Broken people say broken things. We all, here's a revelation we all can get it wrong. Yeah, that's right. okay. We all can get it wrong. Here's another one we all can be deceived. And if you don't think you can be deceived, that's the biggest deception of all. That's That's why we need each other, yeah? We have the mind of Christ, not me, we. So Damien's treatment was rest. And if that wasn't going to work, it would be injections. But the good news was rest worked. Eight weeks later, he was back on his feet. Four months later, he was back training at full strength. I want to show you today some images of what he achieved after getting a second opinion. So... You're going to meet my sexy-legged husband. Here he is. Hashtag Speedy Simpson. That was taken at the Melbourne Marathon in 2016. So, less than a year later, he completed a marathon. His first marathon. So, that's 42 kilometres for those of you who don't know how long a marathon is. And, no, no, I haven't got to that one yet. No. (laughs) Piano, piano, just, yep, easy, easy. Um, Melbourne, okay, it was in the most adverse brutal conditions, people were dropping out like flies. And he finished the marathon in two hours and 51 minutes. Not a bad effort. Second thing, second big achievement was, you can go to the next one now, in July 2017. Here we go, that's him doing 10 kilometres. And he actually, for the first time, broke the 35-minute barrier. So he did the uh, 10K in 34 minutes 50 seconds he's actually one of the fastest 10k runners in the state of new south wales this is a guy in his 40s not doing too bad and then may 2018 he's the the last one he first time he podiumed he came second in the sydney morning herald half marathon Relays. So that was the first trophy he won None of these, now for some of you, you're thinking, well, I'm not interested in running. What, what is it that God has called you to do? What is the race that God has called you to run? Because none of this would have happened unless Damien had got a second opinion. Yeah, that's right. yeah. Where is it? Where are you grieving because of a wrong diagnosis? Where are you stuck? Where are you stunted? Where have you been confined? And what has been declared over your life that needs to be challenged? I want to say to you today, church, don't be afraid of opinions. Opinions aren't evil. And I really worry about churches that actually don't allow for conversation and discussion, whether it's one way or the highway. Like, you know, and I know your pastors don't have that spirit. But um, but today, some of you need to be released from this false guilt and this fear of not of not being allowed to get a second opinion. I'd love the worship team to return, please. You know, I love the story of, uh, in Acts chapter 9, we don't need to turn there. But let me tell you a story. There was a man called Saul of Tarsus. Saul of Tarsus was like the terrorist of his day. Saul of Tarsus was out murdering Christians. And, and Saul of Tarsus, he actually has an encounter with Jesus. He has an encounter with Jesus. Let me tell you something about him. He's walking on the road to Damascus and boom, he saw the light, literally. And Jesus comes, the very, he was the greatest persecutor of Christians, Saul. He was murdering, he was responsible for putting Stephen to death. And he becomes a Christian. He becomes a follower of Jesus. And what happens is he goes, he wants to join the church. But understandably, they don't want a bar of him. See, so you've got the current apostles, the disciples of the Jerusalem Council. They don't want to have anything to do with him. I mean, I, don't, I, I can't blame them. I think I would have been afraid of this guy too. Like he had a terrible track record. He was the arch enemy of the church. And now he comes to Jesus. He actually retreats for a time. He relocates for a couple of years. And then there's a person called Barnabas. Barnabas has a different opinion. Barnabas actually goes to the Jerusalem council and he vouches for Saul, who's now been renamed Paul, the Apostle Paul. Now, the Apostle Paul, bit of a legend, right? But it was Barnabas who saw him differently and he actually went and vouched for him and said this guy's legit this is this guy is a brother I think we need to receive him as a brother Barnabas had a different opinion I love the fact that all the other apostles they could have said no majority rules we don't trust him they were prepared they were humble enough to reconsider maybe we're wrong Barnabas has seen the fruit Okay, we're going to accept you. That's, I find that story incredible on so many levels. I just saw the spirit of Barnabas coming on you, Pastor Joe. The spirit of Barnabas to believe in ones. I see ones coming here who have been rejected in other places, some even from positions of leadership. I see ones coming who have known what it is to be misunderstood. Ones coming who are desperate for hope desperate for acceptance and I see that spirit of Barnabas are you're going to see with x-ray vision I see others in this house who are going to have like that God perspective. it doesn't matter what we've heard we're going to we're going to seek the opinion of God and I see hope hope being released to so many people to those of you here today but to ones who are going to come hopeless their situation looking impossible no chance. No likelihood. Ones who've been misunderstood. I travel the world in the ministry and I see church after church after church led by people who have been rejected in other scenarios, rejected in other places, misunderstood. You're this, you're that, you're something else. I can just see some identity shifting stuff happening here today. I see some of you here today where you've been told things that have limited you. And some of it's not even about who you are, it's about who you're not. It's not that you've been told really bad things, but you've been told, oh, no, no, you don't. You, you couldn't do that. You could never do that. Thank you, Lord. You know, I don't know you were here today. I'm not going to assume because you were sitting in church on a Sunday morning that you know Jesus, that you actually have a relationship with God. I'm not going to assume all is well with you and the Lord, that you're at peace with Him, that He is in the driver's seat of your life. He is in the centre of your world. Because there are some of you here this morning, maybe you have never, ever prayed a prayer, surrendering your life to Jesus, admitting your need for Him, knowing, knowing that, you know what? I can't live life without God. And the good news is, Jesus is the one who connects you. You can know your heavenly Father. Not just know about Him, but know Him. And, uh, if some of you here today, and you know what I'm talking about, say, Vicky, yep, I know that I'm a Christian. I've been coming to church for years. I've prayed that prayer. But if you'd be honest with yourself today, you've got disillusioned. You're so discouraged. And some of you, I can just see some stuff that is unresolved in some hearts today. And it's like Jesus has been put not just to the back seat of the car; He's in the boot. You can come for the ride, but I'm not letting you take the driver's wheel. Like you've lost trust. And there's distance. If you would be honest, there's distance now between you and God. And I hear the Holy Spirit saying to you today, come back. Come back. Come back. Come on. It's not working out the way you thought. You're not doing that great a job running your own life. You're afraid because of stuff that's happened. But God's got a different journey for you to resolve that season. And just putting up the walls Shutting the door, throwing away the key, thinking you can do it by yourself is not the answer. So I'd love you in this moment for you all to close your eyes, not as a religious tradition, not as a religious tradition, but I want you to really seriously consider, consider your spiritual condition. Father, I thank you for oh, as you stood, I just I just felt a lift. I felt a lift in the spirit. I see a lift in expectations. God is lifting expectations in hearts here. There are potential groundbreakers in this church. There are are things that that God has called people to do here that no one else could do. There are things that God's gonna put in hearts for people to create, to write, to, to, to pioneer, even in the community. But for some of you, your expectations of yourself are too low, too low. And I thank You, Father, right now for the rolling away of the things that have limited, the things that have restricted, the things that have confined. Father God, I thank You, Lord, for releasing a pioneer spirit in hearts here today to do things that have not been done before. I thank You, Father, for unfulfilled potentials being released, things that have been dormant. Father God, for ones, Lord, who have settled for the comforts of it's the way it's always been. I thank You, Father, today for stirring by Your Spirit. Because, Lord, I'm just seeing so much potential that is yet to be released. And I thank You for an unleashing of that in Your people. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a great hand of praise. Amen. Amen. What a great word. Amen. Amen. How many people have been encouraged this morning? Amen. Great word for individuals, but great word for us as a church too. You know, there's been words that are spoken over this church. We're going to get a second opinion (laughs) from Uh, (laughs) Vicki. And I believe God is going to do some great things in and through the life of this church. Done some great things, but even for the future in Jesus' name. Father, just thank you for your word. Father, just as we leave this place, let that word be deposited in our hearts. And let it cause us to seek you in a greater way, we pray. I just thank you for what you've done, what you're going to do in and through our lives. In Jesus' name. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you midweek life groups. God bless you.